Bush just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to court. You must say these words. Klaatu, Marada, Victor. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Watcher, episode 164. Glad you guys could join us for our regular Sunday night edition of the show. I'm Corey Shrett, and joining me as always is my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, what's going on? Hey, Corey. Good to be here on a Sunday. Sunday night before the Academy Awards here in the United States, which you're excited to watch, and I don't really care. There's <laughs> hey, too to much. Own. Oh, there's too much, too much filler, you know? I kind of wish it was like, here's the award next, here's the award next. I don't need the... I casually watch. I'm not like, you know, at the edge of my seat or anything. Well, basically, you know, the best part of it is like the last half hour with like, you know, supporting actor, actor, supporting actress, actress, and, you know, film of the year type of thing. I like some of the gags, too, by the, uh, the host. This is Ellen DeGeneres' year, too. Mm-hmm. I guess they kind of own her now. You know, it's either her or Billy Crystal. Pretty much. Pretty much. We'll see how that turns out. Of course, it'll be later on tonight. And uh, if any science fiction-related news comes up next week, we'll let you know. Uh, before we start off, head over to the donation page, scifiwatch.com slash donate, to see how we, you can help us out. Many things out there uh, on that page, not just money. Scifiwatch.com slash donate. All right, let's start off on Sci-Fi Present, which is the news of the week. And, of course, this news kind of seems old now because I think it happened on Monday. But, Brian, what happened last week? Uh, we lost a f- Sci-Fi... Legend, I guess. A legend, period, I think. Just yeah, a legend, period, right. Comedy legend, sci-fi legend, all of the above. Multi-talented um, legend. That's right. Held Ramis uh, passed away at age 69 on Monday or Sunday? I think it was Monday. because it, it was Monday because I was at work and I saw the news feed come up. I'm like, no. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was due to complications of autoimmune inflammatory vasculitis. There's a rare disease that involves swelling of the blood vessels. Jeez Louise. Yeah, pretty sad. He was only 69. That's not, that's not too old. Yeah, um, of course, he's probably most, I would say most famously known for. He's one of these guys, he's most famously known for everything. Yeah. For everything from Caddyshack to Groundhog Day to Ghostbusters, which I would put probably on the top of that list because he was like, you know, the writer, one of the stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go, who's Harold Ramis? You go, he's Egon. You're like, oh, okay, I know who he is now. I mean, his face is probably most known for that, but he's also done a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with, mm-hmm. with being a writer and being a director. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there. Analyze this, analyze that. Right. Um, he's uh, done cameos and things, too. Stripes, you know, one of those one of those films that kind of you know, everyone knows about, but you, you forget about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's done some great stuff. And uh, the rumor patrol I'm hearing now is I guess they're still trying to go forward with Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, I don't have the story up, but I saw a story where they said they're hiring another writer to pen it. So yeah, I mean, because they're going to the, continue on. Because they were the, the first two films were written by him and Dan Aykroyd. Right. So now it's basically Dan Aykroyd's baby. And it's, you know, he's going to, uh, I guess, find someone to help him write it. And I don't know. I just. I, for I, one, think it's not needed. Um, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out, but I, I mean, I'm not going to be 
sad if it doesn't ever come out, you know. I think it's one of those films now it's kind of like you've you've lost one of the four main actors. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. You know. Oh yeah. I kind now I kind of wish Bill Murray hadn't dragged his feet and stuff like this years ago and we'd gotten us a couple years back as they were talking I'm about it. he was going to be in it, right? Who uh Harold Ramis? Yeah. Uh, he's writing it so I can't see him not being in it. Yeah. That would be kind of idiotic. But yeah, Harold Ramis passed away age 69. Uh, Carl Urban, of course, on uh, Almost Human and Star Trek, and of course the first uh, the Judge Dredd film that came out some years ago. He was over at a Destination of Star Trek event over in Frankfurt, Germany, and of course questions are always brought up to him. And one of the questions was about a Dread, the Dread film, and he had actually said that he they are in uh, conversations about the sequel. So I guess the sequel isn't dead and buried as we had thought years ago. I, I, I don't want to believe this yet because I want to – I'll believe it when I hear that they've written a script. Well, if I think it's one of those things that's kind of like even if you don't have a contract for him, can you say, hey, Carl, are you interested in doing a sequel type of thing? I think it's, it's one of those things. It's like you could have a great script, and if he says no, then it's like, well, who wants to do a sequel? Mm-hmm. And but the, I mean, if if there's conversations going on, that means that obviously the DVD DVD sales could have saved this franchise. It could have been, yeah, because I mean, there, there's so much more you can do with that character too. Yeah, and, and his version of it is a lot more true to the comic than the yeah, more Stallone. gritty. Yeah, Stallone's version was a S- Sylvester Stallone movie, basically, and uh, yeah, I I liked his version better, even though I didn't wasn't a fan of the story but yeah i mean this can show you that dvd sales can actually save a franchise i don't think that's ever been done before no, it's rarely it rarely saves a franchise yeah. yeah so uh kudos to them and uh we'll keep an eye out for that uh toffer grace man i i the more i hear about toffer grace the more impressed i am with this guy what's going on with him now well i mean you probably heard a few years back that he did a remix of, of the star wars series that it was like a personal edit that he remixed and you know showed to his friends and that's it. Well, he's done it again and did a, a remix of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, he's made it a shorter film. It's down to 85 minutes. Um, I think it was maybe two hours. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. But you know, he, he's it's got a little trailer on this link that we're going to give you of uh, I guess what he showed friends mm-hmm. about the remix. Right. Um, he says that he, you know, didn't redo it. Um, he just enhanced some areas and stuff like that. Right. Um, he said that it was just a subtle remix. I, I think basically he he took. Well, that's the thing with a lot of these older films is there's a a slower pace to these films. Yeah, you know, he sped it up a little. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, you you chop it down, you know, two hours to an hour and a half type of movie. Yeah, you're going to make it a little faster. It, it is a slow moving film. But, you know, that's what you get from the 70s. Um, I, I got to say, he must have good connections with uh, George Lucas and, and now Steven Spielberg to do this. Because, you know, it's not like he just went online and downloaded an illegal version and just, you know, did an edit for YouTube or something. I know, but he also has – he's an actor, so I think he could get a lot closer than just any Joe off the street. You know? Yeah, but still, I mean – it's like I want to take your film and and re-edit it to my way, you know. Do you really think the studio is gonna be like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do that, or or Steven Spielberg is gonna be like, yeah, I want to see your version? Without I just think of it as a fan edit, really. Yeah, 
and uh, he's not releasing it. He's not making any money off it. He's just you know doing it for fun and. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, he's only showing it to his friends and no one else. You know, I would love to like we said this with the Star Wars one. I'd love to see that on a DVD somewhere. I yeah. doubt we'll ever see it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do too, but I think it would be great if if they released the you know Toffer Grace versions of these films on like like have Close Encounters of the Third Kind special limited edition, etc., whatever, and have this on another disc. I think he's also maybe he's trying to build a fallback. You know, if the acting career doesn't go his way, he could always go back to editing. You know. You never know, but uh, kudos to Toffer Grace. Uh, let's 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 get a little obscene here. I, I like this article. I love lists as always, and we got this at, off the geektwins.com. Uh, their list was the seven greatest fictional curse words in sci-fi, and uh, let's just go through them first of all. Number one f- is from Firefly. Uh, number seven is from Firefly Gorum. Number six is from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I forgot about this one, Belgium. Is their word. Uh, Farscape, which we've never seen, is number five with Frell. Mm-hmm. Number four from Star Wars is po- uh, Pudu, I think it said. Yeah. I, I don't didn't realize that that was a obscenity of any sorts. It's just something that uh, Jabba says, I guess. Mm-hmm. Number three, which is a shock to me on this list, and i got to give them kudos to this, is Shazbots from the TV show Mork and Mindy. Really? Yeah, number two, and this is the one I would have been kicking and screaming if it wasn't on there, from Red Dwarf. Of course, the word is smeg. Right. And, of course, the number one, which is the most obvious one, the one I thought of right away, which was going to be number one on the list, from Battlestar Galactica, Frack. Frack. Everyone probably, well, if you're not, only if you've seen the show, but it's used a lot in other shows now. Well, you got to remember, though, that was used back in the 70s. What, Frack? The original Battlestar Galactica used the word Frack. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not from the BSG from 2004 or whatever like that. It's Yeah, it's been around longer than than you think. Huh. Yeah, so you hear Frack now and you're like, oh, 2004. I'm like, no, that's that was a 70s thing. It wasn't popular. It never became huge in you know, regular lexicon. But yeah, it's been around for, for like 30 years now. Oh, okay. Good but yeah. But yeah, it's like I saw this list. I'm like, oh, number one's Frack. I'm like, oh, there it is. But yeah, I didn't know about Shazbot either. Oh, well, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those shows I hadn't seen in years, but that's a that's a good pull. I got to give them kudos for that. That's that's a little obscure, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. the show's been off the air probably longer than you know <laughs> a lot of people have been alive. But it's just like wow. But as before, I even look at this list, I'm like, if Red Dwarf's not on this list, I'm gonna like throw my computer across the room and, and scream. You wouldn't have put this in our list, would you? I I, <laughs> I would have, but I would have called BS on it. <laughs> but yes, I, I I'm glad about that. Um, Sci-Fi Channel, what's going on with them, man? It seems like they're trying to really uh, make themselves a science fiction channel again. Yeah, isn't that weird? They're trying to go back to their roots because that's mm-hmm. where they succeeded. <laughs> um, maybe the the you know WWE ratings is dropping now. So right, but um, apparently they have picked up the first two seasons of a French series called Metal Hurlant Chronicles, which is is kind of based off of the. Uh, the cult comic from the 70s heavy metal mm-hmm. and i heard about this a while back i didn't give much um i didn't i didn't like it so i don't really know if it's going to be good i saw a few trailers and i said eh, it's okay but yeah apparently um they're picking it up um i forgot when it's going to be put out there but it has some you know b-movie actors it's got michael bean got uh let's see Rutger Hauer. we know mm-hmm. Rutger Hauer. mm-hmm um, Michelle Ryan, you know who Michelle Ryan is, British actress. Right. Uh, a bunch of other people too. Um, so I mean, 
hey, kudos to Sci-Fi for getting another Sci-Fi-esque show. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But I, I'm glad they're getting away from the wrestling and hopefully the reality TV. I know I, I heard somewhere, I, didn't, I have an article on this, I heard somewhere that Sci-Fi is under the NBC Universal umbrella. It's one of those channels. Right. And their contract, the WWE's contract is up with them this year, I believe. And that that could be why they're doing their whole they're doing a new like um you know like their own network WD mm-hmm. network that you can pay into like Hulu and watch which, which I think is a great on its own I think it's a great idea because for 10 bucks a month you get you get every pay-per-view that comes out too. Yeah. So you get the new pay-per-views that come out for 10 bucks a month instead of paying 50 bucks a month. I I think it's an interesting I think yeah I think maybe that's the way they're going to go. They're going to go independent and uh and do I that. Think it's better. Uh, that, that's money well spent because the people that you're that are going to pay into that are people that are dedicated fans, right? And uh, and more- it and it makes it easier for them because they don't have to go to like three or four different networks to watch their wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know it was like on Spike TV, I think, and it's on USA and uh, Sci-Fi Channel. You had to flip channels like every you know Monday's one day, Wednesday's another, Friday's another day. You had to keep flicking channels to watch this stuff. Yeah, whenever I um, record Helix and watch it, it always catches like the last three or four minutes of uh, WWE, and I'm just like fast forward. I don't care. <laughs> and it's gonna be like that when Continuum comes back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna be like, oh no, not again. But yep. So maybe that's the reason they're doing this. And I think Sci-Fi needs to become more of a science fiction channel. Go back to its roots, like you said. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't need to watch Ghost Chasing Hunter, <laughs> Europe guy or paranormal. This and that, yeah. Paranormal pizza, yeah. Paranormal pizza or the makeup reality show, alternate universe battles type of thing. Whatever the heck they do, stuff. I don't, I don't want that. I want science fiction. Yeah, you know, give me that again. All right, let's move on to sci-fi future. This is what's coming out soon: trailers of TV shows and movies, and Star Wars Clone Wars. This is going to be a Netflix ex- exclusive, right? Season six. Yeah, this is a shocker. I mean, that you know they picked it up like this. Um, but yeah, I, I read about the the uh, Clone Wars and all the Star Wars things being shown on here. But here's a trailer for the season six of, of the Clone Wars. And I got to tell you, I haven't seen any of the Clone Wars shows. No. Really bad. But I, I really want to after seeing this trailer. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things I think if we did, we'd have to go back and start with season one, obviously. I can't believe they're on season six. I know. It seemed like I, – I remember when it was like the first season of the show or something like that or second season. And George Lucas said he wanted to do like 100 episodes of, this, of the show minimum. And that's like – they're like, well, that's going to be like five years minimum to do it. And now we're already in our sixth season, sixth and final season too I think this is. Oh, that's – I, I mean, think so it because – It looks really good. Well, the Star Wars Rebels is coming out later this year or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I, that's like a Disney XD or something like that. It's you know obviously a Disney property now, so – and this is, I guess, they they have a they'll have a limited run because really this is takes place between what episode two and episode three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's when it is. You can only tell so much. Anyway. Yeah, but I think I th- I think I'm assuming they're gonna have the first five seasons on Netflix too. Yeah, that would make sense. So people can be like, hey, this new season's out. Let me watch. Go back and watch it. So it looks like we're getting a new trailer for the new Godzilla film coming out. And uh, what's this one about? Uh, we should already know. It's the 1954 Godzilla, right? Oh, no, <laughs> this is not the 1954. This is the 2014 Godzilla. I know. <laughs> but, but this feels like a sequel a little bit. 
and, and a there's... sequel to the 2000 movie? No, to the 1954 version. They acknowledge oh. the 1954 version in this. Yeah, they kind of say they kind of, I guess, talk about its roots as being, you know, a nuclear, being born of nuclear tests. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Godzilla looks more like the the classic Japanese version that we saw, you know, back in the 50s and stuff like that in the 60s. Yeah, and I kind of like that they go back to the roots, but um, I don't know if I, I really wanted um, to see uh, Brian Cranston in this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at him, and and I still think Breaking Bad. If you, he he feels too Walter Whiteish in this. He's mm-hmm. done, he's done so much other stuff that he doesn't feel like Walter White. But I I see this and the way he talks, I'm like, it feels like Walter White. And yeah, I, I think they just wanted a big name, and this movie could have been fine without a big name, but. Yeah, um, it's got the it's got the Pacific Rim kind of feel. You know, we talked about that last year. It's like this is Pacific Rim's coming out. It's like we need a Godzilla film now, and uh, it kind of has that feel. Almost, it feels like an apocalyptic type of movie too. Like, uh, you know, name any apocalyptic film out there, which is you know end of the world type of thing. Yeah, I mean, like Independence Day or something like that, right? It's coming out in May, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think That's, so. That means they're expecting to make some money. Um, it looks pretty good. I I I could watch this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping there's a good story behind it. The, it you looks really can't way t- better than the uh, 2000 version. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I don't acknowledge that one. <laughs> I I I remember it, but it's just like I totally ignore that one. But yeah, go check this out and check everything else out we talk about over as always at SciFiWatcher.com. Before we move on, hey, I do Doctor Who stuff too with my friend Bill Constantini. It's called Tardis Chronicles, where we get on all things. Doctor Who related like news, rumors, and so much more over there. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the early Dalek story, the Daleks invasion of Earth. So head on over right now to TardisChronicles.com so you can download or subscribe to the show. New episodes come out every Sunday night. TardisChronicles.com Alright, let's so move on to Sci-Fi Pass here where we talk about everything else that's located in the archive, aka the internet. And uh, you got a, a link here for posters of our favorite movies. Yeah, this was kind of cool. This was on io9, and um, these are like 1960s, 70-ish um, posters from Hungary of some sci-fi films we all know and love. But they look, I mean, they look ver- really out there. Right. I mean, looking at the 2001 Space Odyssey one, I mean, it looks kind of trippy. It doesn't look like the movie that we see in theaters. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's some pop culture thing when yeah. they designed it. Um, Plants of the Apes looks very weird. Well, what did you think of these posters? Oh, I, I love them. I love them because we get a different perspective on it. We're so used to seeing the posters we get in the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah. pretty much. But it's nice to see different countries showing their interpretations and their styles of, you know, these posters. Like this Fahrenheit 451 looks like something out of Monty Python. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like Terry Gilliam's anim- animation put on a poster. Yeah, pretty cool looking, though. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. As we went on the movie this week, uh, we're going to talk about the film Alien Nation. The 1988 film came out on October 7th, back in that year, starring James Caan as Matthew Sykes, Mandy Patankin as Sam, a.k.a. George Francisco. Taron Stemp plays uh, William Harcourt and Kevin Major Howard as Rudyard Kipling, directed by Graham Baker, written by Rockney S. O'Banion. 91 Minutes which I think is good enough length for this film. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, 1991. I love, the, I love these quote-unquote future films. Yeah. It, it, to me, it felt almost, at the beginning, almost felt like District 9 a little bit. 
I thought the same thing. Did you? But, I mean, I want to go. I want to go see if District Nine took any ideas from this for its film because it looks almost the same kind of story. But I mean, I, I guess maybe they took some cues or something from that. I mean, I mean, I mean, there was one scene where they're talking about it's been three years since they landed here, and they show like the huge spaceship over the skyline. I'm like, I'm like, that is District Nine right there. You know, you can't really say it that way. No, but it's. it's, it's it, obviously, it's before District Nine, but I'm watching. I'm like, that looks like District Nine took this shot and put it into their film. Yeah, I know. But I thought it was. I thought it was an interesting idea that we're not getting. We're not getting an origin story here. It's just like, by the way, aliens landed three years ago. They've been in quarantine. We're letting them out now into the public, and they're they're integrated into society. You know, and this is it. That's that's the whole background. Yeah, we we're the we're the friendly humans that are helping out these aliens who are from. A mining planet, I Something guess. Like that. They, were, they were slaves. Yeah, they're a slave race, basically. Yeah, which yeah. isn't that similar to <laughs> District Nine, too. I think so. Weren't they like the workers? Yeah, they were like the workers, and mm-hmm. all the smart people or whatever mm-hmm. were gone or right. they died. Yeah, it's the same idea. It's just a ship that you know arrived at Earth, and we're like, "Hey, you're cool. Come on, join us." Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, interesting. I thought it was interesting ideas in here. You know, the, how the aliens get drunk on sour milk. That was a weird concept, but yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Their chemistry is different. Mm-hmm. And uh, the um, and I think of them as every time I I I I've watched this film, I've seen it a few times. I always think of them as slugs because the way they like like burn like acid is like seawater is like acid to them. Yeah. Yeah, I always think of them like as slugs. You put like salt water on on. Slugs. Well, they did call them slags, so. Yeah, they call them slags. Like I guess that's the derogatory term for them. I, I love the future here. It kind of gave me a, a Back to the Future too, where in the theaters, Rambo Six was out. Yeah, that was true. I'm like, wait a minute. This film is only three years in the past. You know, it takes place three years in the future, and you're already coming up with Rambo Six. It's like that was like a film every year then. <laughs> what I they on Rambo Three at the time? I think so. There was no fourth film at the time. Yeah. They stopped at three. So, so I'm thinking, like, are you, you guys, like, putting films out every year now? It's like, why wouldn't you make – if it's only three years in the future, wouldn't you think you'd want it to be a little more believable? Maybe Rambo 5, but not 4. Yeah, I know. I was like, 4, I could see 5 maybe, but I'm like, all right, you're pushing it a little bit here. Like Jaws 19 and Back to the Future 2. Yeah. I mean, that one would have made more sense there, but it's like, I'm like this is just only three years out. Um. This wasn't a science fiction film to me. This was a this was a police drama. Yeah, um, and that's what I've read. A lot of critics say too is like this is more a police procedure, but you just mixed in a couple aliens, you know? Yeah, because the the aliens really have nothing to do with it. It's, I mean, it's like okay, it's a it's a drug thing for the aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 drug running for for aliens, and that was the whole thing with it. And, and Terrence Stamp in this film, of course, if you know who Terrence Stamp is. He's done lots of other stuff. It's like, okay, it's Terrence Stamp in makeup. Yeah. I mean, he plays the bad I, I had to. I didn't even have to think about it. I mean, he's a guy from, uh, uh, what is this, Superman 2? I think, yeah. yeah he's he plays the General Zod? Yeah, he's done that. He's done, he's done a lot of other stuff since then, too. And he, I know you know his face if you've seen him. And he's got a distinct voice. So I'm like, oh, it's Terrence Stamp. With, yeah, he's uh, got yeah, a British accent. <laughs> Yeah, and it's he's got a nice deep voice though. He's got a good, you know, boisterous voice there. And he's just like, oh, it's Terrence Stamp again. Whoop de doo playing the same character he always plays. There's a little bit of trivia too. Did you know I was reading the trivia on IMDb? What's that? When he went into that transformation, he refused to play 
he, he's that's not him in that after the transformation it's not him he said i refuse to put makeup on <laughs> oh really yeah but he wore the whole alien thing i guess well because i think it was a lot more makeup for after the transformation well and the guy was a little more buff too after the transformation yeah so i could you couldn't tell anyway i mean i think in all honesty it would have been easier just to get somebody that was a little more muscular and stuff like that to play the part instead of trying to make him look big bigger you know yeah another piece of trivia um you know how uh sykes is calling him george instead of sam Mm -hmm. they said they originally were going to use the name george jetson but hanna-barbera would not release that name so they left in the george just kind of as a oh okay yeah (laughs) well yeah but that's yeah that's one of the things about this film is they come they come to our planet and of course we we have to give them names because their their language is like you know clicks and weird sounds which we hear in the film mm-hmm. but yeah it's like they give them names like you know you got Rudyard Kli- uh, uh, Kipling here uh, you know San Francisco and they, they, it, that's like the running gag of the whole film but they didn't really use it as a gag I mean they could have gagged it up a little bit more no but it was like humorous it's like oh that's a cute idea that's you know you took someone's mm-hmm. famous name and you made it this like, like okay that's kind of cute but you know, it's not like they tried to put any. They didn't put any humor in this. I mean, that was probably the closest thing to humor. That and um, the fact that Sykes' last name uh, sounds like two words in their language: excrement and cranium. Right. Which, of course, is you know something a little more descriptive. You know, but I, I love that. That that's cute too. I mean, that's something that they transfer into the TV show, obviously down the road. I remember that joke. Yeah, I mean, all this is is just uh, a murder, which leads into a, a drug ring, and uh, that's about it. But I guess maybe the drugs part of it, and then the uh, the effects the drugs took were were the alien parts of it. You know, where yeah. the they there was a human guy that tasted. He's like, tastes like detergent. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea that there was like a little bit of. Um, um, history of the aliens that you know they were given these drugs as rewards when they were doing mm-hmm. the slave work and stuff like that and they wanted to keep that that part of their past away from the humans they didn't want them to know that you know that part of their you know skeletons in the closet so to speak i do like the camaraderie i guess between james Kahn and you know francisco yeah me too or patinkin a lot better than almost humans <laughs> yeah i know it, this is one of those it's the yeah, this I, i'm like oh the almost human kind of feel to it a little bit you know instead of an, an android it's an alien pretty much a human cop i mean that's you know it's your your typical it's lethal weapon type of movie it's your your two cops i thought that, of lethal weapon also when um when what's his name francisco is in the car asleep after being drunk off sour milk Mm, yeah, and it goes back in. I just had that lethal weapon pop in my head. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, I mean, lethal weapon's probably like the the prime example of the the two cops that, you know, you know, one's clean laced, polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, polar opposites. One's clean laced by the book. The other one's like, yeah, screw the book, type of thing. Um, I, to me, it was predictable. You get to the point where where the guy where where the uh, the guy overdoses on the the drug, mm-hmm. and then like he's quote unquote dead. It's like I'm like no, it's not that easy to end the film that way, and, and the pacing towards the end was really slow. I really I wanted to fast forward the ending. Yeah, like that whole chasing him around. It was like this. This feels boring. And if it's dragging out, and it's only ninety minutes. That's bad. I know. And the whole metamorphosis thing at the end there, I was just like, okay, 
He's in he's in the water. Let's get him in the water. Let's let's fry him up that way. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing you could do. I mean, they made sure to mention that in the film. <laughs> like, you're going to use it in the film, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I, I'm watching this film and I was like, and then we get to the end and uh, did it feel like they were trying to set it up like they were going to make another film after this a little bit? The, with the voiceover at Which the end? Which one? <laughs> right at the end. There's the, this film, Alien Nation. I guess I don't remember the voiceover. It well, at right the end, they're, doing the wet, they're having the whole wedding scene. Mm-hmm. And he talks about his new partner and stuff like that. Oh, just, when he says like, oh, I'm going to get used to you kind of thing. Yeah. And then they did a voiceover. I don't even know what they said now, but it just feels like it's like, like, okay, we're going to do Alienation 2 if this does good. Well, they did launch a TV show after that. I mean, like the next year. Yeah. Fox took did a TV show for like a season. Then they made like five made for TV movies after the fact. I was shocked about the five made for TV movies. I wonder if they did well. It must have been on some level or or they had these people under contract and they said, you know what, let's use them to the best of our ability. You got to remember, though, Fox in the early 90s was a very weak network. It was still very young. The Simpsons was not a huge show at the time. But still, to make five television movies. I know, and use the same actress throughout the whole thing, too. Yeah. I know. But- Granted, they weren't like the greatest actors, but no. But it was fact that they actually had the same actors through all the films. I mean, you could put, you probably could take these these movies and break them up and make like another season of the show if you wanted to. And was Mandy Patinkin? Was he not a huge star at this point? Well, he this was like what four four years after Princess Bride, so he was well known enough. Yeah, and it was before Chicago Hope, so I think he had some some name behind. Honestly, James Caan was the biggest name. Yeah, I, I, but I think he had he had some notoriety behind him as an actor. Probably not as huge as you know as James Caan or anybody else in the film. But it's like he got second billing at least. I mean, obviously because he's the side, he's the he's the partner. But did you recognize uh, Cassandra the uh, the dancer? No, Talk I had to look her up because I, I said I I can find out who this person is. She played the. F- Female assistant to Spaceballs to uh, the head guy. Oh, really? The, oh, really? She's on the monitor, you know, when uh-huh. he's taking a pee or something. Do you want me to have Snotty beam you through? Yeah, her. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's her. Oh, kudos for that. All right, so let's let's wrap it up. What do you think of this film? Uh, it's decent. I wouldn't give it high ratings. Out of five, how would you go? Maybe a three. Maybe a three or two and a half. Yeah, I go. I'm like, yeah, I'm like two, two and a half. This is one of those films that's just if you didn't grow up in that time, you don't you don't know about it. You know. It's signature eighties though, the music and everything. Oh you know? yeah, screaming eighties. Um I also read that there was an original soundtrack to this that was more sci fi ish, but they dropped it for this more, you know, rock I don't know what you call it, more eighties feel. Synth pop. Yeah, less out of this world feel, you know. Yeah, it, 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 if it's in the time, it's you know ninety-one minutes long. Thank God, if this was a two-hour film, I'd stab my eyes out. But this is not a movie I'd go back and watch again. No, no, it's not. It's it's one of those films. that's like you're you're like, oh, I heard about this. Let me watch it, and then you're like, yeah, okay, I'm done with it. You know, one and done is basically the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I'm I I wasn't impressed with it back then, and I'm still not impressed with it now. But I did watch, I did remember the TV show. I think it was one of the shows that we got when I was overseas. So I did watch that some. I, I did watch that too. 
And uh, I think I enjoyed it. But, of course, we were young at the time. I think if we watched it now, it'd be just like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. It only ran for a season, so it couldn't have been that great. I think the makeup was pretty decent, too. I mean, yeah, I like the makeup. It looked, it looked good. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like they made them bug-eyed creatures and they didn't make them just look like straight humans. They're kind of a, somewhere in the middle. But yeah, it's a buddy cop movie with a sci-fi background and just a, barely, barely a sci-fi background. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, almost human has more sci-fi to it than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, hey, you know, check out all the other stuff we do. We got Helix stuff coming up, Space Dandy. Monday night, Almost Human season finale comes up. Speaking of Almost Human, uh, Thursday, our Red Dwarf special comes out where we talk about the U.S. pilots. And next week, because the reboot came out this year, the remake, we're going to go look back at the 1987 version of RoboCop. Make sure you check that out next Sunday night. First, I want to thank my friend, Mr. Brian Lee, for being here. And Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, You can always find me on Twitter. It's at Brian Says. And, of course, you can find us at SciFiWatcher.com. Facebook.com slash sci-fi watcher, Google.com slash plus sci-fi watcher, and over at Twitter at sci-fi watcher. That's where we are all the time. We post stuff over there. We let you know when we're online. All the good stuff is there. Sci-fi watcher.com, of course, you can download, subscribe, listen online, links to everything we talk about, and so much more over at our website. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this episode of the podcast, and until next time, have a good one. Thank you.